Yo, today's QOD is life is lived in the front row. Here we go. the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We got a brand new speaker on the show today. Her name is Marilyn Sherman. And today, Marilyn is going to encourage you to get out of your comfort zone, to move on down from the cheap seats of life, from the balcony seats, from the nosebleed seats, and move on down to the seats that were meant for you right there in the front row of life. Here's Marilyn. So I want to talk about what my belief is. My belief is that life is a venue. You have choices as to where you sit in your life. You have three choices. You can sit in the balcony. Well, when you sit in the balcony, usually these are view-obstructed seats, am I right? And usually when you sit in the balcony, sometimes you sit in the balcony because you want to sneak out and come back in and nobody notice, right? Then there's general admission. General admission is where most people sit, which is why they call it general admission. I wrote a book about getting out of your comfort zone, so I think general admission is about your comfort zone. The seats aren't bad, but they're not great either. You just sort of settle for hanging out in general admission. And then the third option, the third choice is what? <laughs> the front row, baby. And that's where life is lived. I believe life is lived in the front row. Now, <laughs> yeah, I love that. And here's a good question. You know, Bill Glazer talked right before lunch about here's a good question. Well, here's a good question I like to ask people. What's been one of your favorite front row seat moments in your life? A moment where you said, man, it doesn't get any better than this. So when I asked Jack Canfield that question, he said, and it's very interesting because people usually have an immediate answer. They don't say, well, what do you mean by that? They usually have an immediate answer, and it tells me a lot about who they are. And the answers often surprise me. So when I asked Jack Canfield that, he said, well, it was right after Chicken Soup for the Soul came out. And we had tickets on the court for a, a Chicago Bulls playoff game, courtside seats. And he and his buddies had T-shirts. They all wore T-shirts, and they said, Chicken Soup for the Soul. <laughs> courtside seats, right? And he said at one point Dennis Rodman like hit a ball right at him and he had it and he picked it up and everybody saw him on TV and like his mom called him and said that's how you sell so many chicken soup for the soul books. <laughs> Talk about advertising. Um, I asked Joe Theismann that question and he's going to be speaking here on Sunday and Joe Theismann told me a story that had nothing to do with football. He was at a boxing match in Asia and it was a heavyweight championship of the world and he got really good seats but it was what happened after the fight. It was like the winner and the entourage was going to the locker room and he like jumped the, the rope and sort of followed the entourage in and security didn't stop him. And, and Donald Trump was there. And Donald Trump was like, Joe, can you get me back there? And he thought that was a cool thing that Donald Trump was trying to have access. And, and then the interview with the winner was on TV back home, and he got calls from all his buddies like, man, I see you on TV in the locker room. So who would have thunk that, that Joe Theismann's front row seat moment had nothing to do with football? Well, when I wrote this speech about getting a front row seat in life, 
About eight years ago, I went to a speaker coach because I constantly believe in investing in myself and in my business and my growth. So I went to a speaker coach and he asked me a question. He said, Marilyn, when have you ever been in the balcony? Because you seem like kind of a front row person. And I was immediately reminded when I was 13 years old. Do you remember when you were 13? Did any of you have a crush on someone in your class? Anybody here besides me? Can you remember who it was? Okay, the crush I had when I was 13 years old, he was the cutest guy in the class. And I do not have a jacked up picture of me when I was 13. So just picture a moose with knee pads. And that was me, because I was a jock and my nickname was Moose. So I did not get a lot of play with the guys. And then one day, the cutest guy in the class came up to me. Not all my cute little girlfriends came up to me and he asked me to meet him behind Island Park Elementary School and make out with him. <laughs> I was so excited. And then he said, there's a catch. He wanted me to meet him there at midnight. And I'm thinking, I'm a 13-year-old girl. This guy is expecting me to sneak out of my house in the middle of the night just to go meet him behind Island Park Elementary School to make out with him? I am so there. <laughs> So I did, and for five minutes I was on top of the world, and then we were done. And then he said something to me in that moment that changed my life. He said, don't tell anyone. And in that moment, I felt like I was in the balcony, like I was looking down, and I was not even worthy to be seen in public with. Now, I am not gonna blame all my failed relationships on that one incident. <laughs> <laughs> but that did affect me for a long time. So I, I wrote this keynote about how to get a front row seat in life. I want to share with you some strategies to help you navigate from the balcony to the front row. And we have all sorts of seats. We've got our physical seats. We've got our personal seats. We've got our relationship seats. Whatever seat you have that is in the balcony of your life, I want to give you some strategies to move you closer to the front row. Are you ready for this? Say yes. <laughs> Okay, the first thing I want you to do, Jack talked about this earlier, um, have a vision, which you all know that. You gotta have a vision. You gotta know where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself next week, next month, next year, five years, 10 years? So you know that. But I wanna add something else to that. Be careful of surrounding yourself with people who have no vision. Be careful of those people. Because if they don't get you and they don't support you, it could detract you or derail you. I remember I had a boss one time who had no vision. And I was working in human resources, training and development, because my goal in life was to become a motivational speaker. I saw Roger Crawford when I was 17 years old. Um, James talked about him earlier. He changed my life in a positive way. And I said, I'm gonna be a motivational speaker. But I was only 17, and I figured I needed to get credibility first in the job market before I could speak in front of corporate audiences. So I worked for, in the training department of this company, when I got a flyer that came across my desk advertising, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy coming to Philadelphia. It was one of those big, I think it was a Peter Lowe seminar. Thousands of people were going to be there. I grew up listening to their tapes and reading their books. So I went to my boss and I said, hey boss, can I go to this event? I'll learn everything that I can and come back and teach everybody in the department what I learned. And he said, no. No, he said, I, I said, well how about if I pay for it myself, it's only $99, you just give me the day off to go and let me use one of the company cars. I worked for Chrysler, plenty of company cars. I'll go to Philly, come back, and teach everybody in the department what I learned. And he said, no. 
No. I said, how about if I pay for it myself, take my own car, you just give me the day off to go. And he said, no. no. I said, how about if I um, pay for it myself and take a vacation day? And that's when he said, I don't care what you do when you go on your vacation. I said, well, thank you for your support. <laughs> I took the day off, drove the hour and a half to Philly. Thousands of people were there, and now I'm like loving every minute. I'm sitting right up close watching for content, but also watching these speakers. Because I don't want to be like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, I want to be like Marilyn Sherman with the opportunities like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. So I'm watching them work. And when Brian Tracy was done with his closing keynote presentation, hundreds of people rushed the stage, sort of like what you will do in 13 minutes from now, rush the stage just to shake it. <laughs> And I'm watching him work the crowd. He was looking at people eyeball to eyeball, shaking their hand, pulling them through. After about eight or nine hands, he would switch and work this side of the room. And I'm thinking, man, this guy is great. He's not ignoring anybody, and he's moving them through so he could talk to a lot of people. And then it hit me. I only have two and a half seconds with Brian Tracy. What am I going to say to him to let him know I'm not like all these other people? I have a vision. So I went up to him, and when it was my turn, I took a big deep breath, and I said, Mr. Tracy, my boss wouldn't support me coming here today, so I took a vacation day pay for myself just to come here you speak. <laughs> and it worked. He didn't shake my hand. He gave me a hug. And when he hugged me, he said, well, was it worth it? <laughs> yes. So now I'm driving down the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Brian Tracy hugged me. Brian Tracy hugged me. I can't believe Brian Tracy hugged me. So I went home and I ran upstairs and I told my husband, Brian Tracy hugged me. And guess what he said? Worse, he said he was probably just trying to get you to buy more tapes. <laughs> I went from scraping the ceiling high to feeling about this big with that one comment. So I divorced him. <laughs> I mean, why would I want to be married to someone who doesn't support me in my vision? <laughs> Now, um, for those of you I've just offended because I'm divorced, um, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one. Has anybody here had a starter marriage like me? <laughs> so you know what I speak. So, so number one is to make sure you have that vision and be careful people don't support you in the vision. Number two, never underestimate the power of acknowledgement. Letting people know how much you care about them. Letting people know how much you appreciate them. Acknowledging people. Never underestimate it. It can change your life. Don't forget about the people that have inspired you. Don't forget about the people that have made a difference in your life. All right, my friend, that was Marilyn Sherman. Her website is MarilynSherman.com. If you want to watch today's entire talk, it's on YouTube. It is called Marilyn Sherman. See you in the front row. Our friend Marie Forleo released the second part of her three-part video training on how to build yourself a successful online business. If you want to grab your free training, head on over to FreeBSchoolVideos.com. Again, that is FreeBSchoolVideos.com. That's it for me. I will see you tomorrow with another brand new speaker on the QOD show. Peace.